Hey, it's Jess Massa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Utopia, 120 over 80 marketing, and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTF Health. Hey, it's Jessica DeMassa with WTF Health. What's the future of health? I am talking to the who's who of health tech and healthcare innovation here at ATA 2022. And joining me right now, I have the lady responsible for this, the American Telemedicine Association CEO, Ann Mon Johnson. Ann, so happy to talk to you. Jessica, thank you so much for being here. It's exciting. It is exciting. I have been a longtime ATA attendee and like, man, the buzz, like this is like bigger, better than ever. Like this is not the ATA of days of old. Like you really have done a remarkable job like rebuilding the organization and like capturing everybody's attention well we did some work before but I have to acknowledge that there was a pandemic so that definitely gave us a little oomph a little wind on our backs if you will so talk to me about that I want to hear what the members are saying or what you've noticed about how things have changed as far as virtual care telehealth telemed whatever you want to however you want to call it Um, how has that changed since the pandemic your view from it because I mean you've got a long-term view and a very interesting perspective well so a couple of things before the pandemic when I joined the ATA what was really clear is that we were focused on licensure and reimbursement but we used language that wasn't very inclusive So in 2018, when I joined, we really set forth a vision that was much more inclusive and intentional. And it was really about, we're here to ensure that people get care where and when they need it, and that when they do, they know it's safe, effective, and appropriate, while enabling clinicians to do more good for more people. And that did a couple of things. One is that it really allowed us to talk to more people about what we were doing, because at the end of the day, this is a very bipartisan issue. People want to others to get care where and when they need it. And the other thing that we did was really broadly define telehealth. So we went through a rebranding exercise. We were the American Telemedicine Association, and now we're ATA. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit like Kentucky Fried Chicken is KFC. And um, it was really intended to modernize us, if you will, so cleaned up all that. And we also shifted our focus because we knew that the adoption and engagement in telehealth was pretty anemic, even though the technology has been here for so long, that what we wanted to do was to really focus on organizations and help them with accelerating the adoption engagement. So today, we represent over 400 organizations, and that includes delivery systems like Intermountain and Oshner and Mass General and Common Spirit and Ascension. It includes academic medical centers like UC Health in Colorado and MUSC, and we have payers like Humana and Cigna and United. And then we have this range of solution providers. So in the past, people thought of telehealth as just synchronous video. You know, talk to somebody online and they help you out. But it's much broader than that. It's synchronous, it's asynchronous, it's remote monitoring, and that's reflected in the breadth of the members. So we have, of course, Teladoc Health and Amwell, who have been longstanding members and supporters and really the leaders in the industry early on. 
We have Babylon Health. We have a number of asynchronous providers like Hims and Hers and Roe. And then we also have organizations like Transparent. And um, then we have a lot of organizations that provide technology or enablers. They are of the ilk of high water floats all boats. And um, that includes those that are like Intel and HP and Amazon and Microsoft. And then the remote monitoring world, which is so important, BioIntelligence, Validic, Vivify. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So this is a very broad and diverse community. And what we said was that our job, starting in 2019 with the public health emergency, was to make sure that the waivers that enable the acceleration in telehealth became permanent. So that's really what we did, and we launched a campaign that engaged a number of members who said, in addition to their membership, they want to support our efforts on the policy side and lobbying. And then we, in fact, were so successful with that in 2020 um, and 2019, obviously, that we ended up launching ATA Action, which is a 501c6. It's an affiliated trade organization. And we have 22 companies who participate in that. Many of them are members of the ATA, but many of them are not. So that that's really... I mean, there's so much in this. I mean, yeah. and I'm mean, like, just even like listening to you talk about the variety of companies that now make up like the ATA core membership or the core group here. I mean, it's just interesting how the, how that category has expanded to include, like you said, remote monitoring, digital health, asynchronous, synchronous. And then to talk about the policy side of things, I love an update there. I mean, like I know things just got extended right. in terms, but it's like, it's still very much an emergency and well, we might change it. Do right. you think, like, what is your read on this? Like, Tell it to me. Like, what's your feeling? Like, I mean, are we going to go back to where it was before with state licensure, with reimbursement, with originating site? Or do you think that things have changed enough? Well, again, I believe that consumers and clinicians have both tasted the forbidden fruit. And it's really difficult to take something away from people. That said, you know, the laws that and regulations at the federal level were introduced in 1997 which was 14 years before the iPhone came out, which is sort of crazy, right? It's a little crazy. So the other thing that happened during the pandemic is that people didn't appreciate beforehand what was happening at the federal level and what was done at the state level. So at the federal level, the originating site, I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, and, and I think that the other issue that's really important is this idea that, um, you have certain provisions around substance abuse, the you know treatment of uh, conditions with su- uh, controlled substances, and there I think that you know again we're working hard to make sure that the industry is viewed as a modality, that telehealth is viewed as a modality of care, that it shouldn't be treated any differently just because it's a different modality. So telehealth is health in our world. In terms of licensure, what's happened is that obviously you've seen a lot of restrictions reintroduced at the state level. Our job, not only are my colleagues working very hard at the federal level, but they're also working very hard at the state level because you have states that can really muck things up for everybody. So that's what we're trying to make sure doesn't happen. And from an overall perspective, we just don't want to go off that telehealth cliff. So, <laughs> No, we do not. I want to know how, if you were to talk to my audience, which includes a lot of health tech entrepreneurs, a lot of virtual care companies, a lot of folks who are invested in this space, how can we help support this? Like, what is the best way for us to get involved? I mean, is it membership in the ATA? Is it joining your PAC? Like, what is the best way for us to, to help support the fact that these 
these regulations enabled a lot of business to be done yes. over the last two years. Yes. And can we pay this back a little bit? Right. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Right. Thank, thank you personally on behalf of everyone. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, but it's true that we enabled a lot of this by ensuring. And, and now what we're seeing is that there are a lot of folks here who are sitting in on sessions with um, Nate Lackman at Foley talking about, well, what's this business of telehealth? Because truthfully, people need to understand what the nits and grits are of that. So it's membership in the ATA. If they're big on policy or advocacy, it's participation in our ATA action, which as a C6, it's not a PAC. It's just an affiliated trade organization. And the important thing there is that it really allows us to go full out on the advocacy side um, to support the principles that we created and established and articulated well before the pandemic, that we are modality venue device agnostic, that we think that telehealth is a modality that should be chosen by the physician and the patient and not by a regulator or a lawmaker. Right. And, so. I mean, I, and I feel like that's been a view that has been even adopted by a lot of health systems and plans at this point where I keep hearing, actually I just spoke with Roy Schoenberg uh, from Amwell and he was saying that he's seeing those organizations rebuild their care processes, not just let's digitize what's already here, but like let's rebuild rebuild them to include virtual, which I mean, isn't that different? It's absolutely different because the early pioneers, the ones who were really doing it right, like at Intermountain, what they said was just because we did it this way face-to-face doesn't mean that you have to perpetuate that with digital. And so that is really, I think, an important thing. The other thing that Roy talked about was this notion of leadership. And culture, and what are the values of the organization? It has more to do with the technology. The technology is the enabler. So I think we're learning some important lessons that are going to make it easier and easier for companies to take this on. Cool. What else, last thing from you, what else is exciting at ATA this year that we need to be aware of? I mean, we're here at the signature event, looking amazing, by the way. But, I mean, what else do you have on tap? The best is yet to come. Oh. (laughs) Truthfully, I think that what you're seeing here is just this enormous energy and push and drive. It's a great team that I get to work with. Joe Kavidar is the chair and now the immediate past chair. Christy Henderson is the chair. I mean, they're bringing real passion and energy to this. We have a great number of new ads to the board. So this is important. We also are going to do our second telehealth awareness week in September. We launched this during the pandemic because we wanted supporting partners, particularly patient groups, to really have that opportunity to say, yeah, telehealth is important. It's not just about, you know, a shiny object. It's really about meeting people where they are, meeting people during their journey. And it's really, to me, as you know, I had done a lot of consumerism in healthcare before the ATA. This, to me, is the consummate expression of consumerism. I love it. I love it, Anne. So excited for what's ahead. Thank you so much for thank you. Thank you. For everything. Oh my gosh, you're so. Yeah, I, thank you for everything. I mean, truly, I feel like we would not have had the last two years that we have had if it was not for the work of you and your team. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Anne Mon Johnson, the CEO of ATA here at ATA 2022. Great job again on the show. For more interviews with the who's who of healthcare as they are changing the way that we live health and wellness, um, please check out my YouTube channel over there at YouTube.com/slash/WTFHealth. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Hey, it's Jess. If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. 
In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.